You're listening to DraftKings Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Let me tell you, poor Shana had to face my wrath on this. ESPN Plus now, you cannot watch a game for 48 hours after the game's over. That's it's, it's, not it's, good. It's tough. And if it's on NHL Network, too, it's just a random yeah. game. Forget no about moving it. No for us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Too Many Men. My name is Allison Lucan. And as always, I am joined with the family-loving and multi-talented Sarah Sivian. Sarah Sivian, I'd ask how you are, but I believe you have a debt to pay, Sarah. What's going on? I, friend of the pod, Joe Smith and I like to make a little bet every time Penn State and Michigan play. I don't know why I do this because Penn State has never beat Michigan. Um, they, they had me in the first half, literally, not going to lie. But they ended up losing, so I will say hail to the victors, valiant. Hail to the conquering heroes. Hail, hail to Michigan, the leaders and best. Hail to the victors, valiant. Hail to the conquering heroes. Hail, hail to Michigan, the champions of the West. That may be the best rendering of one of the shittiest (laughs) songs there is I've ever heard. Someone Um, said it. Good job, Sarah. I'm proud of you. Um, As someone who is married to a Penn State fan, I share your pain. We have some Ohio State fans coming out next weekend during the Ohio State-Penn State game, and I'm not sure that they're all going to be able to watch the game together, so we'll see. Um, I say all of this. Congratulations, Sarah. Well done. Good on you to do that. Great singing voice. We love it. Um, (laughs) We also have with us, we would be nothing without the colorful, the magical, the ever-giving Shayna Goldman of The Athletic, who is Fantasy Writer of the Year and also is able to follow hockey at every level. It never ceases to amaze me. Shayna, say hi. Hi. Beautiful singing. Really, I don't know a fucking thing about college football. I don't watch it unless I'm working it. I know nothing, but that was just that was wonderful. And Joe wants to know how he goes, how she do hashtag him. I'm going to say you did. That's like Grammy winning right there. Yeah. I... You, you respond to him and you say, Allison's pissed you didn't message her. Hold on. Let me check and see if he did. <laughs> nope, he didn't. You tell him I'm mad now. Okay. Joe, we don't have time for you or your fight song. <laughs> We've been over this. We've been over this. All right. Here we go, kids. It is time to get to the show. We have hockey to discuss. It is NHL hockey season. And... 
before we get into the actual action on the ice, it is time for Sarah Sivian's favorite segment, Sarah. Bit on news. <laughs> I'm like monotone today, guys. <laughs> I like how serious you get for the drum roll. <laughs> so this happened a little bit ago, um, but we felt very compelled. Why? Why are we compelled? Oh, because we love torts and we love the we leaves. Are, we are. We are a pro-torts, pro pro-leaf <laughs> podcast. Thank you. I forgot. You're welcome. Um, yes. So this went out a while ago. Oh, my gosh. It only went out like a week ago, you guys. It feels literally like it was a month ago. Um, but John Tortorella did an interview with um, John Clark of NBC. And he asked John Tortorella if he has found something the Flyers are good at and can build on that an identity, question mark. The text of the tweet and what mostly went around was, quote, no, end quote. There was also a video clip that is, in fact, an accurate representation of the beginning of John Tortorella's answer. Not of that. None of that is surprising to me. Um, But then John Tortorella went on to proceed to explain why he says no. Um, And if you listen to it, you got a very good look into how John Tortorella takes on tasks like what he's doing in Philadelphia, like what he did in Columbus, where he is literally being told to change the culture of the team into a group that fights for and drives and earns wins. Sarah, you really wanted us to discuss this and brought it to our agenda, which I'm here for. Tell us um, what motivated you so much about this and why is it important that we not only celebrate legitimately the man said no but also (laughs) the error that many people made in not giving torts the freedom to continue his quote and explain himself with that answer like a full sentence in this economy (laughs) i I think i love this from torts and i i feel like the whole quote was even better than just the no but at first i thought you know how there's those instagram accounts where it looks like they literally make things up Someone like misquoted me and made something up that I said, you can't do anything about it. And it's just like, okay, well, that that is so harmful. Now they've bled into my brain so much that I thought somebody like made that up because they added the visual of that guy getting bag skated and lying on the ground with torts. And it was like, went torts when asked if there's any redeeming qualities about the Flyers. No, period. I thought that was a joke. Like, haha, like funny, we got it, it's torts. And then I clicked on the interview and he actually said no. I thought that was amazing. But then he kept going. It's no, he wasn't just like, no, Right. No, like like the way you're picturing it as a joke, like he actually expanded on it. So I think, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this. I just, once again, I'm complaining <laughs> about the way that we misrepresent things on Twitter. But one thing about Torts is that he doesn't care. He's going to keep doing what he does and says what he wants to say, no matter if anybody misquotes him on Twitter. <laughs> and I've said this for years. And I mean, honestly, Flyers fans, I'm not saying you have to like him. But you are in for one of the most enjoyable rides um, from a quote perspective. And I mean this sincerely. It's not the YouTube torts, the ranting, the raving, the yelling at people. You're going to get some serious content to dig your teeth into. And again, you don't have to like it. But it's this man will tell you what he thinks and this man will tell you what he's trying to do. And this is one of those times. Shana, your thoughts on 
courts in Philly in general, but also this quote and what it tells you about what's going on. And, and if you do have a comment on how the media miss or accurately represented this. Well, I know with torts, it's easy to get like the clickbait, you know, quote. And in a press conference too, like he might actually give you that one answer that's no. And that is true. <laughs> yeah. But like everyone just stops and gets annoyed about it instead of thinking about why. Why is he protecting his players? Why is he making this about himself? Like those are things you should want a head coach to do, which he does. And we're the first we're the first ones to say, bring new voices into the NHL, enough with the recycled voices. But the difference is his voice has legitimately evolved. Like, there, there's so much refreshing about him. So he was blunt. He was honest that this Flyers team needs work. And we were talking about this on the last podcast. He didn't... It's not surprising the Flyers wanted him. It's surprising he wanted the Flyers because they're a challenge and they're a team that doesn't seem like they would be what he's looking for. But in a way, it, it's exactly perfectly because he can build them from the bottom up with, you know, a group of players that are young players and veterans too. So, you know, I'm all for it. And everyone gets stuck on these quotes instead of listening to the entire thing. And there's other comments he's made that are so refreshing, like the comment about the AHL not needing to copy his system because it's about that coach building an identity for themselves. And maybe they don't have the roster that's perfect for his system at the NHL level. It's it's emphasizing like what Marty St. Louis said earlier in the year, the concepts over systems and things like that. Like players can adapt to different systems, but this coach is getting a chance and he's not, if Tortorella has a horrible system that this coach doesn't want to coach, he's not going to identify himself. He's not going to get himself a great opportunity to move on to a new job. All of these things are incredibly refreshing and things that you probably wouldn't expect Torts to say if you don't actually listen to what he has to say and you just go off the quick headlines. It's also very interesting what we get mad at. Like, we got the same people in Canada, the old white men columnists, doing redemption arcs for Evander Kane. That's okay. But how will the journalists live and buy their groceries if Torts doesn't give us a quote in the post game? They get very mad about that and they're fine with they prob like a problematic person walking around. So I'm just wondering why are we selectively getting mad at certain things? And and I think you've supplied your own groceries just fine when you're in your tenure with him. <laughs> what makes what's frustrating to me too is like coach will tell you at uh, coach torts will tell you that he is he loves to study the mind. He is a student of the mind. That's what he, he is not your big, big, big tactical guy. He believes in motivation and learning about people and how to lead and what leadership is all about. That's what really like fires him up. And what kind of is frustrating to me and selfishly, this is obviously my bias, but he is actually sharing a shit ton about he manages people and how you can manage human beings. And People gloss over that and they're looking for the quote about the game or this or that, the other thing, when he's actually telling you so much more. And if people would write about different topics and look differently at what information he's giving, again, I'm not saying you have to like it. I'm not saying you have to think he's great, but there's just so much content coming out that that could be dug into and just enjoyed. Shana, you were going to say. It's, I'm in a way glad he went to Philly because I think other stops along the way besides Columbus, he hasn't had the opportunity of having someone to write about him that's actually going to look into this stuff and bring up different points like you did and like Portsline did. And I think that Charlie O'Connor is someone who, there's going to be bad writing in Philly. Like that's without question. But I think Charlie is so good for this challenge too because I think he's going to look past the standard bullshit and, you know, invest his time learning about torts and how he coaches. And I think it's going to bring for interesting content instead of things like this where it's the clickbait where no one watches the video. And I get I get wanting that quick 
No, quote, I get it, but there was so much more to it that I think everyone just kind of brushed aside, so I'm hoping that it's, like, more content that we see from Charlie that brings out the things that you did so well, Allison, when he was in Columbus. And just to close this out, it's so funny that it's the Charlies and the Allisons bringing this out. When people, like, it's the irony, right, that, oh, the stats people don't actually understand, <laughs> like, feelings, and they're the ones, like, is seeing beyond them and actually being unbiased and analyzing this instead of, like, I was going to be me instead of crying themselves to sleep about not getting a quote because their article can't survive without a quote. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> so that's our bit news. Um, again, listen, Flyers fans, enjoy it. Um, have some fun with it. Um, your team is having a great start to the season. Find joy where you can find joy, I say. Um, but on the opposite end of the joy spectrum, we unfortunately also have a new addition to our shit list. <laughs> and friends, this one's personal to me because on nights when I'm working, it is really, really a challenge to stay abreast of everything that's going on in the league. And I want to do that. I think that's important. I think that even if you cover one team, you really should work to understand what's going on with as many teams as you can. So our new addition to the shit list, and Shana, you can take it away. The NHL schedule makers. Shana, go. I need to have a talk with them. That's what I think. <laughs> now, I'm not just holding out bitterness because I think we've discussed this before. It was a job I applied to out of grad school and I very much wanted and didn't get. I thought I would be very good for this because I think it's a challenge that is so intriguing to balance the schedules of hockey with other sports, with other things going on in the city, the travel, whatever. But for some fucking reason, <laughs> the NHL insists on stacking games on certain nights, and I get not wanting to compete with other things at, you know, certain times, but it makes no sense to have 14 games on one night, three the next night, and better yet, have the 14 games start at the same fucking time so everybody's stuck watching intermissions, and it's not that the intermission content isn't good. We all love to watch intermissions. That's how we see the amazing Allison at her job. <laughs> but it would be nice to have games start on the half hour, and I know there's different logistics like... Will there be travel? How do the trains run? Things like that. How do the but, trains run? Well, that's that's like a thought here. Like the, you know. How will the lights to... stay on? <laughs> People forget. <laughs> like the Islanders the are 730 starts and they keep making train time. So it like works for them versus like they have a train that you can get there on time. And it's not like you're sitting there for two hours twiddling your thumbs. Like there, I'm sure that that goes into like the thought process too for like anyone that uses like major transportation. And, you know, kids want to go to sleep earlier and things like that. So a nine, you know, a seven o'clock start versus 730 is a difference. But for fuck's sake, if you want to grow the game, you need to have games on at different times. I am someone who watches a lot of games at once. I usually have three or four up at a time. I know not everyone wants to do that. It's something I do. It's chaotic. On Monday night, I felt like I I was melting down trying to catch up with everything <laughs> And I'm someone who's built for this, and I struggled with it. It's, <gasps> that makes it's me like, feel better because I, I had like sensory overload and turned off all the games. I, 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 I can't catch. do this. Good night. Shana's a little humble bragging there. I'm built for this. I bet I'm. She is. I screens going on. I like a lot of games on at once, and like I figured out a system that works for me. How I can do it without it's like a million screens yelling at me, and I can keep track of things. There were games I didn't watch at all, so then I stayed up later to catch up on the condensed games. Continue it the next morning. It my whole day is fucked up because I want to know what's going on because I can't do my job yep. properly 
if I don't know what just happened, like, I can't, I barely got to see the Detroit-LA game until, like, the last five minutes. The Pittsburgh-Montreal game, I did not see Montreal come back. I had to watch that the next day. It's annoying for me as someone who works it's annoying for fans. If you want to have fans give a shit on a random Wednesday that the Flyers and Panthers are playing each other, it'd be nice if they could see the Flyers and Panthers play a regular season game when their team is not playing them. It'd be as simple as saying, I have 18 minutes during intermission. Let me flip ESPN Plus to the Panthers game and understand what's going on. So now when they're on national TV, I give a fuck. And also, there were 10, keep me honest, there were 10 games on Saturday. No games on Sunday. Saturday is full of college football. So if we want to grow the game in the U.S., I mean, obviously Canada is different, but if we want to grow the game in the U.S., you're going to stack the majority of your games against college football? I just don't get it. I like would love an explanation. It makes no sense. And let me tell you, poor Shana had to face my wrath on this. ESPN Plus now, you cannot watch a game for 48 hours after the game's over. That's it's it's not it's, good. it's tough. And if it's on NHL Network too, it's just a random yeah. game. Forget no about moving it. If it's on for us. It's <laughs> it's not there's so many things. And then the amazing thing is when they break out and do different times, like if you look at this Sunday schedule where there's one, two, three, four, five games, three start at five o'clock. One starts at seven, one starts at two. You couldn't have done a four, a six, a five fucking thirty, a seven thirty, or two at seven, two at five. Anything. Instead, it's all stacked at once. It's the same thing Saturday. Two one o'clocks, two four o'clocks. The rest oh, she's are got at the seven. schedule out, people. Here she I, goes. And I look at We're this. mad. I am so mad over it. It is every year. It's the same shit. And it, it just, if you have to keep it this way for whatever fucking reason that all the games are just hammered on the same day, which is annoying enough, fucking stagger the start times. 15 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever. And I repeat, I've said this literally for like 10 years like okay fine if this is the base level of your broadcast agreement fine but tell me that if I pay more money I can see the games right after or tell me that I can pay more to see NHL Network I will give you my actual American dollars to do this but like you're literally making it impossible to take in your primary product and Impossible. forget about the blackouts too. If you oh. want to stream it, and they, it's incredible. If there was a class action lawsuit about this years ago, it was with baseball <laughs> and with hockey, and no one followed through with the regional blackouts because it, there was no benefit to them. If people could have followed through to that or anything, but instead they're like, eh, there was no and no money getting out of it. Like I don't understand. Like it is the conspiracy worst. theory. It's the worst. Ready, conspiracy go. theory time. Um, the gate revenue, are they trying to get people to go to the games? I, but that's limited. That, that's capped. This. But yeah. that's capped. Yeah. And they, they used to, it, you remember like the Jaguars, it was they couldn't Sarah's trying stadium. to be sensible and Shane and I are like, no. no. I just no. don't get it. <laughs> if that like, was a thing though. Like they used to not show football games right. in market. I think it was for the Jacksonville Jaguars because yeah. they couldn't fill the stadium. So you couldn't right. even watch it on cable. Sure. But now I get it that it's like, it's a problem with cable, but maybe ESPN or not, it's not ESPN. Maybe everybody who has media deals needs to work out a better arrangement that you give the, you get more from the cable company or there's some sort of deal that if you're in the Columbus market and you want to watch, what is it, Bally Sports Ohio now? Correct. Like, you can watch that without a cable subscription or literally anything. If you want to stream that, you log into ESPN Plus with your cable subscription. Somehow they made, instead of an extra streaming 
It's ridiculous. Because that's what I'm watching in Seattle. If I want to watch, that's literally, I have the choice. I can watch the Columbus feed or I can watch, for example, last night, I can watch the Vancouver feed. So pick one. Like, it's still going to ESPN Plus in some way, shape, or form through the clouds. It's getting bad. And to close this out, the one person that covers it, Sean Shapiro, is on his own now. So follow his sub stack and support him. I'm sure he's going to have some info about this coming up because it is getting contentious also with the Valley sports affiliates and like the teams and the, I don't know how much I can say, but, and the teams and networks and stuff. And it's all like a petty mess and it's very embarrassing. We got to get it together, folks. Mark this moment when Sarah Sivian had to bring Shayna and I under control. <laughs> <laughs> it's always someone who has to bring me under control. So <laughs> you're was... going to just rotate it. But I like that you are so fired up by this because oh, it's infuriating. I'm, I went uh, mm. And And the other thing that does bother me, too, is, like, it's not easy to go back through archives. Like, no, it's not. There's no, you know, I get it. Okay. And, 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 and the condensed recap gives you no sense of the flow of the game. And I I get it. I think that is an impossible ask. It's you're basically seeing goals, right? Or like you don't even necessarily see a big injury because the league doesn't like to show hits or things like this. So you get no sense of the narrative. You get no sense of the flow. It's insane. Yeah. It, it, it's a lot. And even when you, you're going back through it to find, there were things Sarah's that were done. Us. It started to trend up and it just feels like <laughs> it's like a little bit of a pause that we're like, ugh, this is, this. it's the year 2022. This should not be so difficult. That's all. Sarah wants to go drink with her parents. We need to move on. <laughs> yeah, we're moving on. Okay. We're sorry. Thus endeth the shit list this week. We had thoughts. <laughs> Good. Okay. Friends, it's great to hear. Sarah, did I ever tell you the story, by the way, when I lost a bet and had to sing the Penn State fight song in front of an entire wedding of Stephen's friends? For the glory of... No, you didn't. That's not the fight song. <laughs> that may be the alma mater. That's not the fight song. Oh. Fight on state. Oh, fight on state. Roar, lions, roar. So there yeah, you okay. go. See? Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Yep. But it's all anyway. the same to me. Yeah. <laughs> No, don't ever say that. But was okay. this in front of Ohio friends? No, Penn State friends. Oh. They oh. made me. They told me I didn't have to pay up the bet and sing in front of the whole wedding. And then I started drinking, and then they made <laughs> me get in front. And it was horrific. It was awful. It was I embarrassing. I would pay for video of this. Me too. Thankfully, I'm so Allison, old. We're getting your shit hammered. No. We're just going to make her sing. <laughs> come come to Seattle in December for Seahawk. Friends, Alaska Airlines is providing a discount to anyone who buys tickets. Oh, you should put put a link. Can we put a link to that in the bio too? Because we should promote it more. You're very good at conference running. (laughs) Thank you, Sheila. You're welcome. (laughs) Not that you've come to any of them yet. Well, I didn't get to Columbus for that one. I'm I'm aware. I know. I know. We're working on it. Okay. We're Um, shedding jobs. We're getting there. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sarah's been to Seattle. I'm just saying. Love it. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Last episode, we talked about what teams are good with the obviously completely predictory sample size of one to four games that is going to tell us everything we need to know about a team for the rest of the season. Um, But we're having fun with it now. And we talked about the good teams, so we felt it was only fair to talk about the bad teams. And before you come at us, listen, this is just the narrative, friends. Let us have some fun. It's just men running around ice with knives on their shoes. So number one... And we'll have to talk about which one of these is most shocking to us. Um, Folks, the Minnesota Wild have yet to win a game. Um, And they are also, per Sportsnet, the first 
team, let's remember they have Marc-Andre Fleury there, who rightly so has a well-respected long career playing in net. The Wild are the first team to allow 20 goals through their first three games of a season since the 1989-90 Red Wings. Sarah, your thoughts on Minnesota? I think I want to start with my thoughts on the 1989-1990 Red Wings. I didn't, that's a shocking stack for them, right? Like that's approaching the dynasty there. Yes. So I don't know what that, that just goes to show all the, no, sorry, Sportsnet, but all these Sportsnet stats really don't mean shit. They are interesting though. They are interesting. And I do find this interesting about Minnesota and Joe Smith they, they couldn't stop winning in Tampa, and then he goes to Minnesota, and they can't stop losing. So I think it's something to do with him. I don't know what, though. He's messed up the space-time continuum. But, yes, they're going to win again. This is a very small sample, and it's fun to care about hockey again. But give us, like, 15 games until I think, like, a, a serious assessment is due. Sarah's, like, being, like, the rational one. I, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I'm not that she's not level-headed. Let's be very clear there. <laughs> Okay, Shayna, your thoughts on Minnesota. Let me get myself out of this one, out of this one. Shayna on Minnesota. I am writing a story right now about the teams who have gotten off to bad starts unexpectedly. And Minnesota is the one I've already written. It's done like they were the easiest one to do because they are actually having problems. Like their offense uh, is not great right now. They're scoring at a similar rate to their offensive generation. But like with Kaprizov on the ice, they're not getting to the scoring areas as much, which you wouldn't expect. And I think with Greenway back and Boldy is going to be playing at Rossi. Like, I think there's potential there. Problem is their defense. We know them for their defensive structure. We know them for being so good. It hasn't been great. The quote from Matt Zuccarello um, <laughs> That's was iconic. So good. Let's pull that up. Yeah, it's you can't expect to win games when you let in 14 goals in two games. Sometimes we play defense like we're a fucking junior team. And he's and he's right, you know, that they haven't been playing great defense. They're allowing a really high rate of shots against, which is very uncharacteristic for them. And their goaltenders need the support. Flurry at this point in his career, I do think needs more support than years past. Philip Gustafson isn't as proven. And the goaltenders in all situations, I think, have allowed about 10 goals above expected so far. I think it's 19 goals against when they're expected to be closer to nine. So that right there is the killer. Will they bounce back? I think so. You need their offense to click. I think there's signs it's going to happen at even strength and not just the power play. The defense we know can get better. And if they can get average goaltending, that's good. But like they have to get at least average goaltending. And at this moment, it's like, okay, you need to prove that you can get there. Indeed. I like how you dropped the little teaser into your uh, upcoming article as well. That was solid. Solid. Good job. Um, speaking of teams that can't win, folks, the Canucks who were literally last season had their fans chanting Bruce there it is for Bruce Boudreaux who got the short short leash of just a one-year extension that's right right he's just got the one-year extension correct okay Um, they are now the first team this season um, to make it to four games that they have lost after giving up multi-goal leads. Um, The last one coming against Columbus the other night, that was an overtime loss. So the Canucks do have one standing point. It's bad enough to start 0-4. It's really rough to start 0-4 when you went up by more than one goal multiple times. We know that the team already had a team meeting after the loss to the Washington Capitals. I believe that was the game, the third game of their young season. Sarah, the Canucks, 
What do you make of it? Yeah. When I, that, the, the thing is the process. Like when I used to be hanging around Rod Brindamore all the time, he would say he like barely looks at the score of the first 20 games. And it, he means that win or lose. Like you could go interview him after a win. It's like, how happy are you to get the win or whatever question you ask? And he's like, I'm not. We played horribly. So he is like a belief in the process guy. And that has taught me a lot. And it's like, not only is this team losing, but they're losing after having multiple gold leads, like you said. And that's just, the vibes are could not be more horrendous. It's awful. Um, I don't know what else to say. I'm very disappointed in this team. It's just like pissing me off because I want them to be good because when they get on these runs like they did when Bruce was hired, it's they're so exciting and fun. And then it's like they'll lo- play in and lose 15 overtime games and then they lose multi-goal games. It's like they just don't have confidence or a foundation whatsoever. Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting. It's a cliche, but it is legitimately true. Trust me, because I covered teams where it happened for many years that you can't win a Stanley Cup at the start of the season, but you certainly can lose one um, with a bad start. It's so hard to make up standing points. It seems like it mathematically shouldn't be, but it is. Um, Shayna, the Canucks, your yeah, thoughts? I- I think they're a team that can't afford to lose the standing points. We saw them narrowly miss last year. Exactly. They're a team that it's an uphill battle for them, and they can't expect Demko to be perfect. The positive takeaway, I think Elias Pettersson looks good to start, and, you know, he was trending up in the right direction at the end of last year. I don't think Quinn Hughes has had a great start. I think he'll get there. Players like JT Miller have not had very good starts at all, and they just paid him a shit ton of money. So... Like you said, the vibes just seem completely off in Vancouver, and it's not the first time. It's not the first time, and it's with different head coaches. Like, there's something going on there that it just isn't working, and it's it's such an interesting season because they have to figure out what to do with the Bo Horvat contract. They already committed to Miller when a lot of people would say maybe they shouldn't have, get a ton of assets back, figure it out, then plan your next step. Now you're going to have that same question coming up this year. The start is pretty important because they should make this decision in season to maximize the return that they need to turn things around. I don't see how you can commit to this team off their start because, like you said, it's only a couple games, but the process is bad, too. Like, this is this is pretty terrible. And, yes, it's hard. You're cross-country on a road trip. Um, but I have to think the next couple weeks are going to be pretty defining for where they go this direction. And they should be given, like, their potential trajectory. Like, it's just getting worse. A hundred percent. And it's... Not to go back to torts, but it's all about hoping to win versus expecting to win. And if the vibes are bad, I mean, mentally, this can... By the time guys are out there on the ice, I was talking to a player here the other day about this, but when you're on the ice, it's just muscle memory. So much of what differentiates you is the mental attitude and the focus and the mental side of this. So, um, yeah, Canucks, yikes. From the process to the passion, hey, let's talk about the Leafs because, again, we are pro-torts. We are pro-Leafs. Um, and if you listen to the last episode, we talked about the biggest thing going on in Toronto, at least roster-wise, which is the loss of Matt Murray, who was expected to be goaltender number one for this team. Um, but the Leafs have lost to the Montreal Canadiens. They have lost to the Arizona Coyotes at home. They have been booed off the ice uh, by their fans. Shayna, what's going on in Toronto and what are your predictions for if and how they get out of this kind of a start? I think they get out of this kind of start. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Even if their goaltending situation isn't ideal, I think they'll be fine. But the problem is the regular season needs to prepare them for the postseason. We know that. And 
honestly, the way that they're losing games, I'm wondering, it's do you expect to win? Are you prepared to win? And it feels like they expect to win. And I get to a point that they do. They're one of the favorites for the Stanley Cup this year, but you need to be more prepared. You need to be mentally prepared. And it's something, if we look back to last year's postseason, the difference between Toronto and Tampa, it's that will over skill conversation. Like Toronto, there were points where you just looked at them and you're like, you need to do more. You need to put it all on the line. And it feels like they need some sort of kick in the ass and it's not going to get easier for them. They just lost Jake Muzzin to injury. You know, that's another defenseman down. And I think that they'll be okay with the rotation they have with everyone healthy, which it seems like everyone besides Muzzin, they're going to get there soon. But it's just not, I'm sorry, I get it. You have Kelly Yarncroft and Dennis McMalligan, the next Connor McDavid's of the league that were undiscovered until they went to Toronto, but you need to do more. And it's on everybody. Matthews is trying, I'm sure, and Nylander and Marner. And it's not just them. It's it's literally everybody. And that's why, like, the conversation is going to turn to coaching. Sarah, what about the Leafs? Yeah, how does this affect the Leafs? I am not really worried about this team, honestly, but I'm here for the jokes and I like to make the fans mad. Like, I I just think it's hilarious. And I I do think the questions that are being asked, like I saw someone ask uh, Morgan Riley the other day, is it hard not to shoot on the power play when people are yelling shoot? Like, we just run out of questions to ask this fucking team. (laughs) How do we get the job security other people have? How do we get that? Like, everybody gets so wrapped up in, like, these theories that don't even matter, and they let it bleed into, like, coverage of this team, fandom of this team, and, like, the team clearly lets it affect them, too. It's like, everybody, like, get it together. Go to a psychic or something. I don't know. Just get it together. Like, do a cleanse. I don't know. Do a cleanse. Like, it's not... I wouldn't be batting an, a bigger eyelash at this if it was any other team. <laughs> yes. Um, well, uh, Leafs, go go to a psychic, um, please. But in the meantime, thank you for entertaining us with your with your takes. Um, we have one last team we want to talk to, and this is a, another team that we talked about last episode quickly because of the injuries. And Shayna touched on this. Um, Aaron Eckblad is out um, for a while. And now Florida's defense is a real problem. Um, Shayna, you walked through this already last episode, and so this is a minor slash major plug that Shayna's not going to repeat herself, so go listen to that episode if you haven't already. But overall, defense not looking great, particularly with Ekblad out, and what impact do you think this has short-term and long-term on this Panther squad? The defense didn't look good with Ekblad in, and that's the problem. Uh, If you watch the Bruins-Panthers game, and yes, the Panthers almost came back. That's something they're very good at. They were the best team at coming back from, you know, trailing two goals last year. Um, They couldn't because at a certain point, that is, you know, it's going to burn you. And you could see plays like Mark Stahl getting completely burned by David Poshnok. That's going to happen even more now that he's playing, you know, a top pair role, essentially, or a top three role, which he isn't built built for at this point in his career. So unless the players that they're calling up can really step up, like, it's a bad problem just got a lot worse. And they have to hope that their goaltending can contain it. And there's legitimate questions to whether, you know, Bobrovsky can. And that's really concerning for Florida when they invested so much in last year and this year. You got to hope, they have to hope that they have a better result this year because if not, it's not going to get easier from here. And the assets are just depleting as, you know, they keep going through this like window of contention that they want to be in. Sarah, are the are the Panthers in trouble in your eyes? Yeah, exactly. The worst part is, and it is the perfect word to describe it as concerning because we all knew this was going to be an issue. And then 
oh my God, it's an issue like they, that they should have addressed and they, they it's just going to get worse. Like it, there's no point in the season where something like that is like, oh, a, a new player magically appears and everybody's, it's like that you got to be, the Canes, I will give them credit for the way they always had like 10 NHL defensemen like right there and they were like younger and they could jump up and they want the opportunity really bad. And it's like you have to have that kind of depth on defense. You just do. And also with that, sorry, with Florida, we can look at the in years past when they were able to spot those players who made literally nothing. Carter Hagee, Jonathan March. So those were Cam Lawrence fines. You, you know, they still have an analytics department, but it just it shows the importance of it because we could say, well, they don't have the cap space to improve their defense with the right people. They can find those market inefficiencies a little bit better and ideally could have found defensemen for league minimum or low contracts that could have helped. And I really wonder if they, you know, what that what influence a team's department has on these decisions, because I think they'd be very helpful here. All right. Those are the four that are on our radar for teams that are in trouble right now. Rapid fire real quick. Just name another team you're worried about early. Sarah, is there one that comes to you? It's a wild. I mean, I don't know if, like, we already discussed this, but I am... That's like, it's not just like, there's a quadrant of bad, but expected, um, whatever, funny, whatever. This isn't funny or expected. I don't like it. I want them to turn it around. Shayna, anyone else? The Devils. They are not that bad below the surface, but yet goaltending seems to be the problem. Do you know what the Devils, Canucks, and Lightning have in common? I bet you're bad about to tell coaches. Us. <laughs> no, they all lost to the fucking I'm Flyers kidding. I'm this kidding, year. <laughs> exactly. Yes. They all lost to the Flyers already this year. Like, it's not a great start, and maybe they can turn it around, and they, you know, we can look at their win over the Ducks and go, well, they figured it out against a team that's not good, against a team that's on, you know, the heels of a back to back. They need more, and there's questions to whether the defensive system is going to support their coaches, uh, their goalies too, but outright, this is the tandem they commit to. Yep. Um, I. I'm struggling. I don't know if I want to put Columbus on this list because, you know, I've, I'm on record as saying I think they're still building. But, I mean, this is a pretty rough start. Um, and granted, Patrick Line is out, but this is still a pretty rough start. So we'll see if they can turn it around after that game last night. The narrative was rough with somebody had to win, either them or the Canucks, <laughs> and finally end their streak. And now it's uh, Canucks Wilder, the next matchup, by the way. They should, it's oh. Thursday night. Someone has to win. That's fantastic. Um, before we come off of hockey um, completely, we joked around about this on Twitter, but we at Too Many Men uh, want to put our money where our mouth is this year. Um, we do not seek to make a profit off our merch. We turn all that money back into community efforts and supporting things we believe in. And so we are putting our money where our mouth is this year with one very specific hockey event. Shana, tell the people what it is. We are going to track too many men penalties and donate at the end of the year based on hey. who they are. So right now we're at 14 ahead of Wednesday night's game. So, you know, we'll see how many teams can keep uh, running those numbers up. Vancouver and Edmonton leading with two a pop. There you go. Uh, we are in the process of picking our recipient or recipients. Um, we will keep you posted on that. Um, we're just happy to be a part of this. Sarah, you want to say anything about our our intentional charitable efforts this season. Yeah, just thrilled to keep doing this. Buy our merch to support the cause and add to the fund. And thank you all. There you go. All right, well, we end every episode with our favorite game and my spouse's least favorite named game, (laughs) and that is Fuck, Mary Kill. 
Uh, we love when our Fuck, Mary Kill games come from our listeners, so please keep those coming. You can always send them to us at our Twitter, which is at two underscore much underscore man. This episode's FMK comes from at Finn Not Dead. And here we go. Shana, you're up first. You ready? Let's go. Okay. Here we go. Sarah, write these down so you remember. Here we go. (laughs) Games starting at the same time, the offsides review, or the loser point. Hit it. I will marry the loser point. I am fine with teams getting a point if they go to overtime. I know we can get into the conversation about shootouts and everyone hates them. Sure. You make it to overtime and you go to three on three, you get a loser point. That's fine. Move on. If you have any issues, make a three point system for an overtime win counting less than regulation. That's the best I can give you. I will kill, uh, I'm sorry, I will fuck the offside review. I think that they're too long. I think they're too tedious. I think they're annoying. I think we could abolish it. Sure. I think once in a while there is merit to it. We have seen it where there's players that are offside by a mile. If it's, you know, it wasn't meant for these tiny little details. It was meant for the like egregious plays. So there is some value to it. And I do think a challenge system is a good thing to have. So for that, we'll fuck it. I will kill the game starting at the same time. Shocking development here. Because it makes me want to rip my hair out. It makes me very angry every night. It's overwhelming for a lot of people, including myself. It is very obnoxious and is a horrible way to market the game. And we were talking about the salary cap last episode and how it'd be nice to see it increase. The league is very bad at projecting revenues. And this is the reason why. Because people don't watch the games because they can't. And then you can't grow the game. So no one's going to care that last night, you know, two random teams are playing each other at the same time. How many people are like, yeah, I'm going to try to watch everything. You look for it in the intermissions and you can't. And it's a fixable problem, a very easily fixable problem. So kill it. Sarah, I should have put a time limit on her for that one because we knew Sorry. she was going to get My computer is about to die. I am killing. God, these all really suck. So this, the, the hardest ones are when they're all really bad. I, yes. I'm going to kill Offsides Review because I feel like it's just opened a rabbit hole of all these other things you could potentially review, all these discussions that don't need to be had. It's like when you you try to do one thing and then everyone's like, well, what about this? What about, it's just like exhausting to me. And it like ruins, like the discourse just ruins a lot of other things that were fine. So kill that. We are fucking the loser point. I... Oh boy. Keep going. What, like it's a necessary evil in the in the form th- that we have, so I'll tolerate it. I'm marrying the games at the same time because this is going to be a spouse that you guys are going to hate, so I can complain about him, and then you guys can like take me out for drinks. <laughs> okay, I go. like the logic. Fair, it's fair, fine. fair, That's fair, 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 logic. Fair, fair, fair. A lot fair. of drinks to get through that marriage. Mm-hmm. Hey, Shana, guess what? You're going to match me. I am going to match you. I am. Just go back and hit rewind and listen to my rant again as to why I'm killing games starting at the same time. Um, I am going to fuck the offside review because in addition to everything that Shayna and Sarah already said, my issue is that there should be a time limit on it. When someone went offsides two minutes prior to the goal, like people, please, come on. That inch did not differentiate whether or not the goal happened like all this time later. So stop over that. but it's present, and so whatever. Um, I do like the review system, though, to Shana's point. Um, and I will marry the loser point as long as we don't get in a situation too much. I mean, this creeps in a little bit. I, what I don't like about the loser point is when teams start playing for overtime. And I also hate the shootout. But 
as, she, as Sarah said, these are the, the least of, of the many evils. So here we are. Thank you, Finn Not Dead, for getting that in. Please, our friends, please keep sending them. We love it. We love it. We love it. Challenge us with your favorite FMK candidates. Um, that is all we have for you. We will be coming at you twice a week, um, every week as the NHL season goes on. If there's more you want to hear us talk about, let us know at two underscore much underscore man. If there are things you don't want to hear us talk about, just don't listen. We don't need the long emails. Thank you. Have a good day. Um, we're fine with how we look on the YouTube. We're already aware of how we look on the YouTube. You can keep those comments to yourself as well. If you can't say something nice, say nothing at all. Constructive criticism only. Um, until we talk again, please be kind to each other. Make space in this sport for everyone because hockey truly should be for everyone. And until then, we'll see you soon. Love you. Bye.